Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. All right, well, let me, uh, let me pray and then we can, we can roll into this. Uh, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that you are here and your presence is among us. We don't take that lightly. We know that you are risen and you are filling us, Lord, with life and life abundantly. And we ask you just to manifest your presence here today, that it'd be thick and tangible, God, that it'd be something that we could reach out and touch. Jesus, that today, that as we hear your word, that we would act like it's your robe and your garment, that if we just reached out and touched it, Jesus, that we know that we would be healed and that you would say to us, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you clean. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has restored you. Your faith has reconciled that relationship. So God, do what only you can do today. And we just invite you here and uh, we submit to you today, God. And uh, in the name of Jesus, almighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we are in Crave, the series Crave. If you haven't been with us, we've basically just been talking about food on this plan. <laughs> Holy smokes. Um, it's funny because the first week, Heather talked about um, some health issues and stuff she's been walking through and how God has been changing that through food. And she mentioned this might be TMI, but she mentioned, it's public knowledge because she said it already, so it's not like I'm exposing anything weird, but she mentioned that uh, there's like yeast infections that can happen in your stomach, and so every time I go home and eat a bowl of ice cream, I would look at Carly and be like, you think this is going to help my yeast infection in my stomach or not after the years of terrible eating habits? I grew up on like 18 years of Pop-Tarts every morning before school and Lego My Egos and all that stuff. So anyways, I'm just kidding. My mom's like, I ruined my child. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. You didn't. You didn't. The egos did, okay? <laughs> also, speaking of eggs, um, which are not the same as egos, but that's similar. Last night, we were at, uh, <laughs> uh, me and Carly were at a dinner for my new job's, like, sales team or whatever. And in random conversations, so we're at this fancy dinner place, and across the street is a Culver's, right? And we both were looking at each other like, we might go to Culver's after here. Because um, sometimes fancy food is like a little too fancy, and it's like, is this supposed to taste good, or is it just fancy for fancy's sake? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather have Culver's instead of a fancy food. But I didn't know that custard is not ice cream. It's eggs and milk. That's gross. <laughs> Who knew that? Please raise your hand if you actually knew that custard had eggs in it. <gasps> y'all are y'all are evil. If you don't start spreading that information, that's terrible. I looked at Carly. I said I might never eat Culver's again, ice cream, because that's just weird to me. Now it's like a weird, it's a texture thing in my mind. Eggs and milk, whipped together. That's just awkward. That's not ice cream. That's eggs and milk. Okay. All right. To the message. Okay. Glad we're all on the same page. Let me read this. It's going to be up on the screen, maybe, because um, I'm diligent and got Holly stuff this morning. So, uh, 
John 6, 27 says, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. It's on the screen. It's on the screen. Um, a little backstory myself, just to give you some context as to where I believe God is, is taking us this morning. I uh, kind of had a, a revelation of sorts in my bed one night when I was like 16 or 17. And I was sitting there journaling, and all of a sudden I heard God speak. And I wasn't really used to it at that point. Um, I just knew that he did, and I knew that I had heard him sometimes, but I didn't quite know. You know, when you're a young kid... I, you know, I didn't read this whole thing yet. I had no clue what the, how it worked, how it's supposed to look, how it's supposed to flesh itself out. I had no clue. All I knew is God was real. I loved him. And apparently he speaks to his children. So uh, thank God that he does. So I was sitting there on my bed, and I just heard, um, I want you to pastor people. And I was like, great. That makes, what does that mean? I'm 16, you know? I can't do that. So I just wrote it down in my journal at the time, and I was like, all right, cool. And life goes on, and long story short, my, um, one of my best friends, he went to this place called Hillsong International Leadership College at the time, which is in Australia. And um, I had no clue. I thought Hillsong was a, like, music, like a band. I didn't know there was a church. I didn't know there was a college. I didn't know that place. Even I didn't know they were from Australia. What is Australia? All I know is Finding Nemo. And that's about it, okay? 42, yep, that part. Yeah, Isaac. Um, you can tell you have kids if you know that address by heart, because, yeah. Finding Dory, okay. You know. So, I don't know anything about it. Um, he went, I sucked at school because I didn't care, and... Uh, so that meant like ACT scores and all that stuff weren't the highest. I didn't have much hope that I'm going to get into like Harvard, right? Um, my parents definitely, Harvard wasn't in the vocabulary. You know, they were like, this is just hard for him. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, so that has been the story of my life with school. But uh, I'm, Hillsong didn't take ACT scores. They just give us a testimony, you know? And I was like, all right, that works for me. I got one of those. I can easily do that part. Um, and then I don't know what else they asked me to send, like pastor's references. Yeah, mom was like, money. <laughs> give us a testimony. And if you got money, well, it don't matter what your testimony is. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Um, so that's a shot. I'm sorry. But uh, I can say that because I lived there for two years. Okay. So anyways, my whole identity, my whole being went into this thing, right? It all funneled into pastor people. I'm going to be a pastor. I have to pastor. What does that even look like? I'm young. At the time, then I was 18 in college. You know, my parents dropped me off in a whole other country uh, for two years, and they left, and we were all crying because I was like, holy crap, now I have to live here and I don't know we literally we found the house we opened the door and Johan from South Korea opened the door with a bowl of ramen not kidding and he was like hi hi and I was like is this 
house 42, I'm supposed to live, I think I'm your housemate. He was like, oh, okay. And I was like, all right, I'm moving in with this guy. I don't know. Um, it was a, you know, so I don't know how they felt leaving their child with Johan, but that's a, God is good. So I get there, I do all the things, and I remember telling God, I'm never going back to Peoria ever again. I'm going to be the most famous pastor the world's ever seen, and I'm going to basically rule the earth, okay? And uh, I had high aspirations at the age of 18. And I remember laying in bed in this little bitty twin bed from uh, Ikea, and the creator of the universe was like, and I thought he was going to speak something incredible, right, Phil? As he does, you know, something, something biblical, something like amazing. And I just hear his still small voice say, you're 18. And I was like, dang it, I am. I'm young as a mug. And so I spent the next two years chilling out a little bit. And just learning as much as I could. Bible classes, you're serving all the time. Like, it was your life, right? This was my life. Serving the church constantly. Um, and that became my, my thing. It was who I was. It was my Instagram. It was my blog. It was my little, my actions, how I dressed, right? You had to dress a certain way to look cool. Because, like, pastors, they dressed like this. And the cool pastors, they got a size smaller jeans and you're supposed to look this way and act this way and and sound this way and listen to these songs and say these things and read your bible this way because we've taught you this way and this way is the pentecostal awesome way and you know all that right okay little did i know uh i, I was beginning to hang more my faith more on the clotheslines of religion and human beings telling me what to do and cool pastors telling me how to be and live. And uh, I didn't even know it because I was in the most spiritual place on earth, right? Uh, and so I easily was like, well, I don't need to read this in the morning. I can just go to class because we'll talk about this. And that's just, I just developed that habit. So then I leave Hillsong in 2016, come home, and next thing you know, I'm plopped right back into serving and serving hardcore. I was working at PetSmart at four in the morning, which I don't recommend, okay? <laughs> I don't recommend because when you're supposed to be there at four o'clock and then the shipment doesn't arrive and you just stand there till five o'clock, it's just not a fun gig, okay? And then you smell like dog food when you come home. Some of you are like, I have kids. I smell like kids. And you're like, it's about the same thing. Okay. So uh, I hated that because I went from high, uh, mountaintop, right, like we were singing, you love me when I'm up. I was up for years. And then it felt like I'm down because I was supposed to be this. And now I find myself back in Peoria on the same side of the lake stocking cat food and dog food. Surely God has left me. Surely I'm abandoned. Surely his promises are not for me because I did something wrong to go from the high mountaintop to the valley. It was my fault. So I continued and got involved with the college ministry, the youth ministry, ended up, fast forward, I got to lead these beautiful boys up front here 
who are still alive and functioning and Joey is still wearing shorts and it's 14 degrees out, you know, so I'm like 90% good at what I do, okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love you, Joey, I love you, I love you. Um, but uh, then I started leading Converge, which is what it's called currently still, and um, that was the biggest blessing the, the Lord's ever given me and uh, the biggest, you know, joy leading these, these guys. So um, when I was there, it was the same idea, right? Only now I was the boss, the leader. I just, I got to be the super high spiritual make the decision guy. And yet I would go to my office before every service and either get on my knees and cry or put on music because I felt so distant from God because I knew that, yeah, I can get up there and preach and I'll talk and do all the right things to make everything happen and lead it right. But I feel like I'm drowning and I'm dry and I'm burnt out. And so that feeling basically continued um, for a while until, uh, it's, it's crazy how God works, I'm telling you. I'm, so I'm telling you the story and then I will read why this is crazy. So fast forward to uh, my last year there and we had uh, a thing called Converge Live. It's basically Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or whatever with Christian clothes put on. And uh, Heather was one of our guests. And the first time I ever met Heather, she walked through the doors. Benny and Jules came with her, and it was awesome. Okay, we had a great time. And then afterwards, I, ha I mean, I really hadn't talked much to Heather other than one meeting. And she came up to me, and she said, hey, if you ever need a place to rest, come on out and visit us. Hang out with us at church. You don't got to stay. We're not asking you to be you know, involved, none of that. Just if you ever need some space, we're here for you. And she had no clue what the heck was going on in my life. And maybe the Holy Spirit revealed something, but I don't know. And uh, I just remember going like, that's the first time someone has told me it's okay to rest. And uh, I was not used to resting. So I was like, okay, cool. That's never going to happen because <laughs> I work here. Um, so <laughs> I'm not allowed to go to another church. That's illegal. <laughs> that's illegal in the kingdom of God no other church for you okay <laughs> uh, who's ever been there you've been like you know okay some of the, the super spiritual people know what I'm talking about okay just kidding I'm just kidding I say that as a shot because we're all the same in Christ okay Jesus has leveled the playing field and uh, so anyways we get to this point and uh, I ended up getting let go boom tough. Okay, COVID hits, no one's got money, and your boy got let go. My mom got let go. We both worked at Northwoods. Age, I know the guy. <laughs> My boys are like, <laughs> shoot, you know, darn it. So that was tough. Why? Not only was it hard, you know, you, you know, losing a job in general is hard, difficult, challenging, right? Letting people go, hard, difficult, challenging. Not taking that away from anything. It was hard for me because that was who I was. So my identity got stripped from me. And then a week later, I got hired at the Dream Center doing youth work. And then went to the YFC, did youth work. And uh, 
it just wasn't the same. I felt completely torn up. Everything was different. It was no longer the same. Jesus was no longer the same to me. I was tired and burnt out from religion, from church, from trusting leaders, from everything. Um, and uh, that was hard. And then I got married. Holy smokes. Uh, where's she at? Here. Yeah. So that's my wife, beautiful wife, Carly. She's so cute. Wow. Um, how do you do that, guys? Any, any, does anyone know how to be married in here? Does anyone? I don't. I'm two and a half months in. I got no clue. Okay. We're doing okay, Carly? As long as she says I'm cool, I'm cool. Okay. Um, lots of ice cream nights, lots of yeast infections in my stomach, all that type of stuff. Okay. So, the past, literally up until this past week and a half, I have just felt completely overwhelmed and burdened by my own expectation placed on myself from what it's supposed to look like and feel like, and I'm a believer. I'm supposed to be filled with life and joy and happiness, and I've got to serve and do all this stuff. But yet Jesus says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his approval. And these, these people say to him, okay, then what must we do to do the work God requires? And he says, the work of God is this. To serve as much as possible, because you win brownie points with me if you serve as much as possible. Because when you get to those heavenly gates and I ask you how much did you serve, you can come in. Nope. The work of God is this. Spend hours and hours and hours and hours in prayer because that's what holy people do. No, it says to believe in the one he has sent. Now you got to understand the context of this whole John 6 situation is these people followed him because they knew he did miracles. So who doesn't want to see a miracle? Everybody in here better be raising their hand. We all, I still want to see miracles. We, we're a church that believes in seeing miracles. And so naturally, they followed him. Good job. That's, they're ticking that box. You know, we're following Jesus because he does miracles. That's good. So they follow him. And they're so concerned about a miracle, Jesus says, sit down. All 5,000 of you, men, plus your wives and your children. So let's do math. A lot of people, okay? So um, who here has ever given a potluck? Okay, you've, you've hey guys, 20 or 30 of y'all, you're coming over to my house. I'm going to make food for you, bless you, you know, bring a plate, whatever. And it's great. It's awesome. How exhausting was that for you? Yeah, you can't wait till they leave. It's an hour in, you're like, oh man. Can't wait. I know it said it went till 8.30. They're still here at 9. What are they doing in my house, right? Man, get them out of here, right? Church goes a little bit past 11.30 and y'all start starving. Okay. The game is on. All right. Uh, it's exhausting. So Jesus is like, hey, 15,000 of you, take a seat. He already knew what he was going to do. 
right? These people had been following him. They were thirsting for a miracle. And Jesus turns to his disciple and says, hey, man, where are we going to get enough bread for all these people to eat? And it says, he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Hey, man, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Remember, there was this kid, uh, Sebastian. Remember Sebastian? He'd walk around Kit Kats. At, at. This kid, it was like a drug dealer. He'd open up his coat for real and just be stacked with Kit Kat bars. And he, and he would come up to me. Now, granted, I'm the, I run the joint. I can get Kit Kats whenever I want. I don't got to pay 50 cents, okay? 50 cents is nothing to me. I'm a big baller. I worked in ministry. My pockets overflow, okay? You see how thin these things are? Okay. Um, I love it because I'm just like kind of throwing shots left and right. I just love it. And, uh, and he's like, he thought he was the coolest cat trying to give me a Kit Kat bar. And I always said, no, <laughs> like, I'm good, Sebastian. Give it to someone else. Because he would, he'd bring $20 and just buy everything and then hand it out. I'm like, this guy, that's either good or bad. I don't know. His, his parents probably think these Kit Kats cost five bucks a pop and he's, he's buying the whole store. And I say that because the disciples were like, this is so overwhelming. But hey, there's this little kid here with some loaves. We know Jesus can maybe do something about it. This is all we got. And barley in that time, barley loaves, that was like, you know, Kroger bread. You know, this, sorry, if you eat Kroger bread, I'm not calling you, I'm not calling you anything. I'm just saying. There's better bread out there. <laughs> there's better bread. The whiter the bread, the quicker you're dead. I'll just say that. Okay. If you never heard that, you ain't, your yeast infection ain't working for you. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry. So, Jesus is, like, Jesus is like, see? Now, look, he already knew what he was going to do before they said, here's the loaves. And so what I didn't understand in my situation is through the heartbreak and the pain and the craziness that was going on in my own mind and my heart, the darkness, the, the isolation that I was feeling, that God already had in mind what he was going to do. And it wasn't, and what's crazy is God used Heather to invite me to church when I was at church because God knew what was going to happen and that I needed a place to rest. So then me and my family go to revive where there's no smoke screen, there's no fancy lights, there's no big old screens going crazy. It's just you and lights on. <laughs> so if you base your whole faith on, wow, church is so cool, you go, you go over there and you're going you're gonna to be like, they going to turn these lights off or what? You know, People are going to see me worship? But guess what happened? Those lights are on, and my parents and I, we're sitting there bawling our eyes out because of a lot, okay? And uh, we continue to experience the Holy Spirit in new, fresh ways. And 214 wrapped us in their arms and just said, come and rest. You don't got to serve. You don't got to perform. 
You don't got to be anyone else. You can just be. Be who God made you to be. So we didn't do anything. It was so terrible. Because my mom and I were so used to working at church, right? Work, this is what you do. You show up on Sunday and you work, okay? And uh, hey, that was part of the deal, right? I, I said yes to the job. But uh, we got so used to doing that and performing and just doing that over and over and over that it felt so awkward and not like spiritual, just sitting in the seat receiving every week and just, and going to church at night. I was, I'm in there like, oh. you know, your eyes start watering because you've had your third coffee. I was, it was a struggle bus for a little bit. And then we went back to God's timing in the morning. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I did, I did uh, hear a word earlier this morning, though, when we were down here, that there are some people in here who have come in with religious weight and baggage. And some of this stuff is bothering you. Because you've seen it done one way, or you were raised to know it a certain way, and you see people jumping, you see kids running around, and it's a little uncomfortable. It's like sandpaper. It's like 40 grit. And uh, sometimes God is going to 40 grit some things, right? Can you imagine the sanding process on this thing so that I wouldn't stab myself if I got a little too crazy up here. So God already knew what he was going to do. He has them sit down. And then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. So we don't know anything else other than there was plenty of grass. They all sat down. Jesus took the kids' snack and pop bread for everybody bread for 15,000 people there's no explanation of what in the world just happened you know it wasn't like the the basket started shaking and then you know the bread was you know like I don't know what was going on you had to be there but all we know is that when they had enough to eat he said to his disciples gather the pieces that are left over let nothing be wasted so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. They had 12 baskets full. That's kind of funny. 12 for, you know, 12 disciples. They kind of each had some leftovers so they could have a potluck later. Just kidding. So then after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. As we keep reading, you're going to see a theme here that these people, not, it wasn't that, it, it was good, right? We're not going to dog anybody for following Jesus because he did miracles and he fed the sick and he healed people. But they were following Jesus because he fed the sick, healed people, did miracles. And he's going to catch them off guard in a little bit here, Okay. So then I'm just going to flippantly skip over the fact that Jesus walked on water. <laughs> okay. Have you seen, there's a meme out there right now. It's just funny. You got to think about these things. Use your brain. It's funny. Jesus, when he was young, right, Mary's like, 
get in the tub and he's just like sitting on top of the water, right? <laughs> get in the tub and he's sitting there like, woman, it's not my time, right? <laughs> you can't tell me Jesus did not have the funniest like little moments. Stop it. Okay. They just didn't put that in the Bible because they didn't want y'all cracking up the whole time. Okay. He wanted you to take life so serious. Okay. That's a joke. Okay. See, look at y'all. For real? They didn't put that in the Bible? Yeah, I learned that at Bible college. I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. So he walks on the water because they went to the other side. These people were staying. They were on this side of the lake because Jesus did this crazy miracle over here. And how many times do we, something, God, God does something in our lives miraculously. He provides for us in the physical, and we get so used to that, that we stay on this side of the lake, and Jesus has already moved on. He's already given you bread to eat. He's already, he did it for you. You asked him, he did it. You can't stay there, because Jesus is continuing to move on. He has something new for you, and he's on mission so don't get so caught up in what God can provide for you. Get caught up in what God wants to do through you to reach people for Jesus. That's what we're called to do. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they went away alone. So that's creepy. One boat, they leave. Jesus wasn't in the boat, but somehow he's on this side. Make it make sense. He walked. Okay. He walked on the water. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once again, or sorry, once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum, or Capernaum, or however you say this thing anymore, in search of Jesus. Okay, so they realized, oh, I got to move to where Jesus is at. Good. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus was like, 1230. No, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Busted. Do not work for food that spoils but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So now Jesus is getting at the reason why they're following him. And I would encourage you and ask you today and plead you, let Jesus get at the reason to why you're following him. Why do you crave the things you do from him? Is it so that you can get your way spiritually? And, be, and have your fill. I got all I need, God. I got the new house. I got the new job. I got the new, I got a wife now. You know, I have it made. Right? That's the spiritual height is getting married, isn't it? Nope. It's great. It's pretty close. You know, Carly's pretty awesome. Okay. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the work God requires. So they're missing it all over. It's, it's all on them. Well, Jesus, what do we have to do to not work for the food? You just fed us. And you're talking about your 
you know, who God the Father placed his seal of approval on, and there's eternal life going on, food that doesn't spoil. Now, this is kind of referencing Old Testament with the manna, and there was food that actually wasn't spoiling, and they actually had so much of it, it was driving them crazy. And uh, this, these are Isra Israelite people. These are Jewish people. They know what that means. They know what that's all about. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm actually the bread that will satisfy. So he says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it's written, Jesus, you should know this. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. <laughs> Jesus did, he literally just did that. And they're complaining. Well, what sign are you, prove it. Prove it. We do the same thing. We stay on this side of the lake. God does all this stuff. Oh, shoot. Well, God, you got to prove to me that you are who you say you are. I know you did it back there and I just forgot. But you got to do it again on my terms. What sign are you going to give me, God? I do that all the time. Well, God, it's, you're going to have to do this. And then I'll know. Then I'll follow. Then I'll... Then I'll submit. Then I'll. It's never ending. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Everyone say, True bread. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and it gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Again, they're, they're only thinking of. The temporal, why? Because they tried to make him king, right? And he dipped away. It's always on their terms. It's always on our terms. Never the God of the universe. Never the one who made you, who created you, who formed you, who rules the seas, who can walk on water, calm storms, heal people. Not that one, but my terms. Because I know what bread will satisfy me. But that's not true bread. That's not the true bread that God has given us. He's given us himself as the true bread. Sir, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and yet you still do not believe. And then he goes into all the Father that... Are all who the Father gives me, I'll never uh, lose them. He's never going to lose them for me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of these that he's given to me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up the last day. I want to bring this full circle for you. The reason... I was so caught up and so devastated and distraught and depressed and heartbroken when Alex was no longer in the right uh, spaces, the four walls, the worship events. I was no longer who I was in my own eyes because I was so concerned about doing it the way it was supposed to look which man had told me 
this is the way it's supposed to look. But that's not who I am. I'm a child of God first. And so it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how high up the chain you are or how 4 a.m. PetSmart you are, okay? All to the glory of God. All to the glory of God. For my Father's will is not that you look the part. It's that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life and raise them up on the last day. That's our greatest hope. It's not, am I going to get the promotion? Am I going to look the part? Am I going to have as many followers as possible on Instagram and reach the world for Christ? It's that I'm going to be raised up on the last day to the glory of God because of what he did, because he's the eternal life. And so then what, what happens? The Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we knew? How can he now say, I came down from heaven, when he clearly came out of there? Jesus says, stop grumbling amongst yourselves, because you've been doing this for the past 2,000 years, by the way. Jesus answered, no one can come up to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. Some of you are starving a spiritual death because you continue to eat of this world. You're eating of this world. Or you're eating of what you think is spirituality, you're, you're going to the scriptures, as Jesus said, because you think that in them you have life, but you refuse to come to me to have eternal life. He was calling them out. You all are missing the whole point. Yes, I can provide for you. Yes, I can do all this stuff. Yes, I can walk across the dang water and make things happen for you in the physical but you're missing the whole point. If all I do for you is the physical and I never get up on that cross and die a spiritual and physical death, you're not going to be raised up on the last day. You're not going to be with me. He came for a bigger purpose than just give you all the goodies. Okay? Remember back, back in the day, I don't know if they still do this anymore. Back in the day, parties in the 90s and the early 2000s and whatever, you left a party with a goodie bag. Like, Mom was serious on these goodie bags. You know, you got to get the right thing. You go to the Dollar Tree. That was back when the Dollar Tree was like fire. <laughs> now it's $1.25, and they got $5 pizzas in the back. That should be illegal. That's false. That's uh, not good marketing, whatever that is called. You left the party with a goodie bag. God is not, we are not going to walk out of here today with a goodie bag. I don't want, let's miss, let's just stop that right now. Y'all didn't come here this morning to walk away with a goodie bag. Oop, I got a little nugget of truth. Time for my social media post. You know, we're missing the whole point. It's relationship with God. It's the glory of God. It's, doesn't matter about church. Okay, hear my heart on that. Scripture says don't give up meeting together as they in the habit of doing, okay? As you see the day approaching, we got to stay connected to one another. we got to stay in community. Come to church. Yes, I'm saying that. I'm also saying church is not your God. God is your God. 
Jesus Christ is your God, and that's who we need to have a relationship with. It's not, what do my leaders think of me? Pour me with praise, leaders. Guess who you're not going to stand before on the day of judgment? Your leaders. Everybody going to be like this. Oh, snap. Right next to you and your leaders. It's no longer about that. Jesus wants a, a pure and spotless bride. People whose lamps are full. Because it's all about him. It's not about the accolades. I would throw all of it away for Jesus. Forget the accolades. Who cares what I led or didn't lead or where I went and didn't go? They don't care. It's about Jesus. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. He's given you the answer. He's given himself as the answer. So that's why I will cheesily say Jesus is the answer to every single situation. Because I know that he is. He says he is. So blame the Bible, not me. Okay? I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. (sighs) And guess what? We still don't get it. Then the Jews began to argue sharply amongst themselves. How can this man give us flesh to eat? (laughs) As if, like... As if he was going to start doing that, you know? Come on. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now we get the benefit of knowing he didn't mean that. Because we are post-cross. We've been to church a billion times. We're in a Christian nation, if you want to say that. right? We've, we've, we've done the whole, we get what that means. He, he wasn't going to start carving his flesh off for them to eat, okay, as nasty as that sounds. Communion, right? He says, this represents my body and my blood given for you for the forgiveness of sins. He's given them every opportunity to, to look a little bit deeper into the spiritual realm, into the things of the eternal. And we're so focused on eat his flesh, drink the blood. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. The title of my message today is Eat the Bread. That was my intro that y'all just walked through with me. I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. I wish. Okay, I'm just kidding. Eat the Bread. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And then let me get to the point, and I'll give you three quick little practical tips, okay, to help you feed and eat on the bread. On hearing this, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept that? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? If you thought this was crazy, wait till I start floating. (laughs) Okay? 
The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Remember Paul, he says, all my works, all my accolades, all that filthy rags before God. And do some research into what he meant by filthy rags. <laughs> Nasty. Okay? <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't even go there. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit of life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray them. He went on to say, this is why I told you no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. So let our prayer be, Father, enable the nations to come to you. Draw people to yourself. So he looks at his disciples because everyone was starting to turn back. I'm out, man. This is crazy. I ain't drinking nothing. Jesus looks at his disciples. So do you want to leave too? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Funny how the people who were closest to him, that stayed close, that went through thick and thin with Jesus, knew what he was talking about. They perceived, oh, we know he can do all the physical stuff, but he's not talking about real bread. He's not talking about the loaves that he, he gave out. He's talking about himself. Because this whole time he's been talking about, I'm going to be raised up on the last day. I'm doing all this stuff. He is the eternal bread. And so as I began to thought about this, began to thought, began to think about this, okay, well then how do we do this? How, how do we be like the disciples and go, no, we know that you who you say you are and we know what you're talking about and we want to live that way. Number one, we're too busy. We're too busy. When I sat down to write this thing, which it's not even written, what I wrote, I was writing during my busyness at work. It was jumbled. And I was like, I was looking back, I'm like, wow. The reason that John 6 was like making me cry this morning was because I was not connected to the vine. Like, I was so out of touch because I was so busy. I got no time for God right now because I got to wake up. I got to get to work. I got to feed the cat. God forbid I don't feed this cat. The whole dang time. I'm like, I might as well have a kid. You know, kid might be easier than that. The kid ain't going to wake me up. Right? With sharp claws. We put, it's funny. We let our animals do whatever they want. We put kids in a box next to our bed or whatever. Right? I don't even have a kid, but I just know that from seeing it. That's crazy. We're too busy. We, we, you know, Martin Luther, the guy who did the whole Reformation thing, no big deal. He said, I have so much to do today that I must start the first three hours of my morning in prayer. Tell me you got three hours in the morning before work. When, for I haven't, when's the last time I spent three hours in prayer before work for going to sell cars? I didn't. 
I might try it if, you know, I hope I sell 30. <laughs> right? God, I need the manna on this side of the lake. Rather three hours in prayer than 30 cars. Okay? So one, we're way too busy. We got to make some space. <laughs> Number two, we need some bread of life community. There's a lot of people in here who've got great relationships with people who do not feed on the bread of life. And they're spiritually starving you to death. These people are dragging you down. Nothing against these people. God loves them. And you're called to eat the bread of life and to be spiritually nourished. And sometimes it takes making some space from people who are doing that. Um, feels like me and my wife have had no time to hang out with people, right? And so there's a tension between, well, how, how, do, how, how much do I hang out with people who are life-giving, but then if I do it too much, is it taking life away from me because I need to rest and all that? Guess what? I don't have an answer for you, <laughs> okay? That's up to you and God. But know that it's a must. It's not, it's not about looking the part, going to the right events. There's been many times where there's events coming up and I got to stay home and rest or read or pray or something like that because that will draw me closer to the bread of life than going to something that's all about the bread of life, if that makes sense. I hope you're catching that, the heart behind that. And lastly, let me be straight up honest. The reason my heart was jumping off the page this past week, and I didn't know what was going on, was because I was filling myself with one chapter every day because I knew I had to preach. So I was like, I need to get prepared and read the Bible. And as I kept reading and reading, I got more and more unprepared and undone to the point where this morning I'm sitting over here crying because I don't know what's going on. But it was God undoing the spiritual religious knots of the expectations that I was placing on myself to look a certain way and be prepared a certain way and dress a certain way. And I was literally thinking like, man, I got to get to the mall so I can buy some new shoes to preach. Flesh. <laughs> People over here laughing because they know me. I'd show up at Converge sometimes some fresh shoes on Wednesday, bought at like 4 p.m. For what? For myself. <laughs> Now I got like no shoes. I wear like the same three pairs. Uh, just kidding. Yeah, I'm, yeah. You're married. It's like I know. Carly's shaking her head. She's like, Alex, you have a whole closet of shoes. <laughs> it's true, but I could have more. Do you see the the battle that we that we face? Not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. This little band can come up. They probably should have been up here 1644 ago. <laughs> Forgive me. Don't look. Don't look, Becca. The word of God. And I had a break. I had a timeout. It felt like 16 minutes. Man. My prayer is that everyone in here would leave today knowing that it's Jesus 
and him wanting to be close to you and him filling your heart. I guess I just have this burden for people who have been through religious trauma and church trauma that A, we are sorry. It should have never happened because the people of God should treat each other better. I'm not going to cry, okay? I can't find it right now because I'm super spiritual. I know my Bible. I just can't find it. But Jesus talks about don't turn the young kids away from me. Give them a cold cup of water in the same way you're loving me when you do that. And God calls us to be children. That's why I love watching these kids just bump into each other and start crying we're just like these kids. We're just more mature and know how to keep it together. And sometimes I hate that because I, we're not meant to be like that. We're meant to be free and joyful and excited. And these kids will go from one moment being all <laughs> like, uh, it's beautiful. And the next thing you know, clunk, they knock heads and everything's a mess, right? And then it just takes one little kiss from daddy on the forehead or mommy and it's all better and then they're back to you know I love that kids should be our goal right not childish childlike obviously we're all adults there's kids in here young adults but we're called to be childlike. And if you're like me, I was childlike on Wednesday because we had Thanksgiving dinner. And let me tell you, I was eating some bread that was giving me life because we had hidden croissants. I didn't even know existed. They were in the back, warmed up, and I had three of them in a row. Anyways, let me pray. And we're going to go into a beautiful song. And, uh, man, so let's just listen and pray and then let God do what he can do. Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you that you are the bread of life, that you give us eternal life, that if we would just feed on you, God, that you would restore us, that you would refresh us, that you would fill us to overflowing. God, that we would have correct cravings that we would crave you, Jesus, that the more we eat of you, Jesus, that we would crave you even more, that the more time that we spend with you knowing that you're the goal, you're the prize, Jesus. Father, we just ask you for your presence to be in this moment, that you'd begin to touch hearts and lives, God, that the walls of religion would fall down, that people would encounter the living Christ, that it wouldn't be up to how my parents raised me or what church leaders said I could do and shouldn't do or should wear or shouldn't wear and act like this and say these things and this is what Jesus meant by this. God, that we would get to know you for who you truly are, that you would break down the walls that surround us of these lies, that you'd break off lies, break off addiction, 
break off the cravings, the things that we're eating on day in and day out that are only causing us to starve. And let us eat on your flesh and drink of your blood that we might know you better, that we might know your word better, that the word of God would come alive on our hearts and illuminate us to who you are. So in the name of Jesus, we break off every spiritual stronghold over everyone's lives in here today, the people that have strongholds of fear. What will people think about me if I start worshiping Jesus this way? What will my coworkers think if I begin to pray for them? If I pick up that phone and reconcile with that friend, what will people think? God, we break off the spirit of fear right now, the spirit of pleasing man. God, that your word says that that is a snare. Help us to have the fear of God today. And God, let us have joy that would be our strength, that we would walk out of here not with a goodie bag faith, but stomachs and hearts and minds full of the bread of life that we could walk in more fullness and freshness and that you would fill us abundantly. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, amen.